You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Hello there and thank you for downloading the podcast for Starting Up from the 5th of July. And on the programme today, we discuss the importance of mentors. As it emerges, over 90% of small business owners believe that mentors have a direct impact on the growth and survival of their business. We spoke to venture capitalist Flat Six Labs about how they're introducing a mentorship programme and also to company Mentor Shape, who are basically the dating app equivalent for mentors. Our inspiring startup success story was Rabi Fahreddin, who is the chief executive officer of Seven Management, and he's officially the king of nightlife. Plus, VirtuZone CEO George Hojage took all of your business questions. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. This is Starting Up. It is your go-to program for business owners and entrepreneurs who are looking to get a bit of a leg up. I'm joined in the studio by the VirtuZone CEO, George Hojage, who's going to keep his company over the next hour and grill the guests with me. Hello, George. How are you? How are you, George? Why have I not put the right mic up? There you go. I'm How now are turning... you? You've been, you've been rejecting me ever since I got into the I studio. Know, it's outrageous I mean, behavior. I'm good. And you, how are you doing? How was your week? Uh, my week's been very good. It's, it's good to be back. It's good to be finding out more about mentors, which is our hot topic on the program today. Uh, that's as one of the region's leading early stage venture capital firms, Flat Six Labs, have started offering it to 10 of their startups. Now, George, as a successful business owner, have you ever had a mentor? Absolutely. I'm, you know, I'm an engineer by education. I always like to say it. And Neil, my partner, Neil Pitch, likes to laugh at me for it. But yeah, my first job was as an engineer. I was working for an American telecom firm as a continuous improvement engineer, nothing more boring. And I had a, a great mentor that taught me the basics of quality and, and, and continuous improvement in all sorts of systems. Rami Hobeshi, his name was. And that was a long, long time ago, Georgia. Do you know, I think it's lovely that you remember his name. It's a bit like when we were doing the education program and I asked people to text in the name of their first teacher. And I've never had such a response. It was amazing. You know, <laughs> some of these things, they just trigger yeah, things for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there has been research done on mentorship in the US. Uh, basically, this survey found that 92% of small business owners believe that mentors do indeed have a direct impact on the growth and survival of their business. Now, of course, the UAE is full of investors, if you can find them. Uh, but it is difficult to offer you, it is difficult to find people who can offer you something that's almost as valuable as money. It is time and knowledge in the form of a mentorship program. But that is exactly what the company Flat Six Labs is doing. Uh, If you've heard of them, it's MENA. It's the MENA region's leading seed and early stage venture capital firm. They've partnered with Abu Dhabi's ADQ, which is a government-backed holding company, and they've selected 10 startups who are going to be getting a total of 8.8 million dirhams. But importantly, they will also get world-class mentorship. Now, to talk about this, we're joined in the studio uh, by the general manager of Flat Six Labs UAE, uh, Ryan Sharif. Ryan, how are you? I'm great. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Absolute pleasure to have you in the studio. Really fascinated by this program. It's called the Ignite Program. Uh, can you tell us briefly about how it works? Sure. Um, uh, the Ignite program is a $32 million fund. It spans over uh, what we initially think is going to be a three-year period, 60 investments over that three-year period, 20 investments a year. And the program is built into four-month blocks where we do coaching, mentoring, and training. So mentorship is a key part and component to what we're doing. 
mean, that's absolutely fascinating that you've got it so clearly laid out. Uh, which of the startups and how have you chosen those startups? Sure. So we're currently sector agnostic, which means that we can invest in essentially any field which has tech-related companies within them. Um, but one of the things that we do do is spend a lot of time with the VC community to try and earmark the sectors that they're particularly interested in. So some of the hot topics at the moment are fintech, Web3, cybersecurity. So these are some of the sectors that we're currently trying to pay a little bit more attention to. However, there's some amazing B2C products out there. And, you know, of course, uh, the UAE being a huge consumer economy. Uh, it totally makes sense to be investing in some of these companies. And Ryan, how do you identify these companies? How do you get your deal flow, if you want, in the, in the jargon of the of the industry? Yeah, it's 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 an interesting. It's both online and offline. So we spend a lot of marketing dollars in terms of attracting international companies. Every batch we get anywhere between. So every six month block we get anywhere between. 600 to 800 applicants, and we're only picking st- 10 startups. Wow, 600 to 800 every how long, you said? Every six months. Wow. wow. And yeah. how, how do you filter through that? So there's a due diligence process that we do. We take the, the 800 down to uh, actually 60, and then those 60, we actually do a very detailed uh, due diligence process where we, we actually spend time on the phone with them. We then invite them into Abu Dhabi, uh, 20 of them. Those 20 then go through a detailed boot camp, and we do a lot of observation on the startups leading up to a selection committee, which is very similar to Dragon's Den and Shark Tank. And then we end up picking the 10 startups to be with us on the cohort. It's incredible, Georgia, how this VC industry has just blossomed in the last few years. I mean, I remember growing up, I had never heard of anything called yeah. VC. There were some angel investors and maybe perhaps you'd have some yeah. bank putting some money into into some companies or whatever. Yeah. And it seems like every second, with all due respect, Ryan, yep. it seems like every second guy now that I know is in VC and in VC industry, you got VCs popping up left and right. It's become a business to actually invest in somebody else's business, which is great for growth, if you ask me, for yep. for people that want to achieve dreams and all that. But it's just crazy how this has become a real industry. Hey, let's invest in other people's uh, businesses and, and, and grow them. And I think that can only be a good thing. Guys like guys like Ryan and Flat Six Labs mm-hmm. and our friends in, at BYVP, BNY uh, Venture, Venture Capital, uh, you're actually meant, you're one of your added values, not only to give the money, but it's also to mentorship, these, to mentor these guys, to sit on boards, to yeah. give them a bit of direction. A lot of those guys are super bright with very little business experience. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, so they don't see the pitfalls of what they can fall in, what, what, what hurdles they have to cross. And I think... More importantly than the money, I think this mentorship aspect of things becoming more and more important, more, rather more than them. I think money these days, as you know, Ryan, is easy to find. There's a lot yeah, of money around. M- money, money is cheap, and there's a lot of. Why VCs. don't I get any then? <laughs> where's, where's my money? Yeah. Just speak to Ryan. Yeah, exactly. We can have a chat after I just the show. Up, I just need to come uh, up with a bright idea. I'll get a mentor and exactly. part of the eight point eight mil. We'll, we'll fund you. We'll fund you for sure. No, I think you know, look. You're spot on. I think a lot of the value add that we bring to the table has got to do with uh, the experts that we bring in each specific field. And what we actually do before they join the program is do a detailed diagnostic on each of the founders and companies and actually earmark the the areas where they're actually deficient. So, for example, you might have a founder that is super tech savvy, great at building product, but sucks at B2B sales. And then what we try and do is implement somebody into that company and help them in the B2B uh, area. Georgia, you'd be surprised, or you'd be surprised how, uh, how important it is 
uh, how fa- how important the founder is to 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 a startup. Yeah. A lot of these a lot of these VC firms will invest in the founder first and then yeah. the idea second. So if they like the founder, they like what he's about. You know, like Ryan was just saying, he could yeah. be he could be super brilliant at something. They will actually back him up. They'll fix the business after, but they will back up the actual founder. Right, Ryan? Exactly. I mean, there's been certain businesses that we've looked at. And we already know from day one that that is not going to be the successful business that he's going to run later on. Uh, but it's our job within that four-month period to help him pivot and actually create a really bankable business. So you're, you're totally right in saying that about 60% of what we look for is uh, founder material. And that's interesting, isn't it? That's so, so- fascinating. It's almost yeah. like you're a university. Yeah. Like- yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's all about bringing in quality founders, upskilling them and helping them run bankable businesses. So who are the mentors? I'm confusing George by pointing at him to suggest that he should ask a question and then speaking. No, no, sorry. no, no, no worries. <laughs> so the, the coaches, mentors and trainers are amalgamation of many different people. Uh, they could be government officials. They could be people that are working for, you know, Series A, Series B companies. They could be alumni from Flat Six Labs that have been maybe one or two steps For our listeners, along. Ryan, maybe explain what Series A, Series B companies so are. So Series A, Series B companies are companies that have raised sort of anywhere between 5 to 10 million and then B could be anywhere sort of 10 to 15 million dollars. So they are people that what I would consider to be further up the funnel that have gone through that experience and are actually the perfect people to actually advise some of these startups uh, in terms of you know, all areas of their business. Okay, final question, I'm afraid. Do you think that you guys are the tip of the iceberg when it comes to mentorship? Do you think that's just becoming, uh, you know, a much more important element of of business development here in the UAE? I think uh, it's definitely become something which the other VCs are looking at in terms of what can they do extra to add value to these startups rather than just giving the capital. And the fact that we've been doing it since 2011 and have that breadth of uh, network uh, gives us a leg up over the others. Absolutely fascinating stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Ryan Sharif, uh, General Manager of Flat Six Labs UAE. Can I also say you went for a, quite a boring title there, General Manager. People <laughs> normally are like Chief Innovation Officer yeah. or Chief, Chief, Chief Money Man. Chief Mentor Money Man yeah. Guru. It used, to be man- yeah, it used to be Managing Director, but I, I think the boss has changed it so you can have a word with them about yeah, that. General Manager. No, no, we need something with a C in it, uh, definitely. No, no, Ryan, no. it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much indeed you're listening to starting up on the agenda on dubai i 103.8 with virtue zone business set up with no regrets we are still talking mentorship here on starting up i'm joined in the studio by virtue zone ceo george hajaj uh george how are you doing still here still happy i'm always happy look I'm at me I've got, your, I've got your mic up this time yes I feel special now. There's a few fundamentals at the beginning of the show. Sorry about that. Uh, Some of the most successful people have had mentors. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg had Steve Jobs. That was while Facebook was experiencing a rough patch in the company's early days. Bill Gates credits the scale of his success, not his success, but the scale, uh, to the help that he received from his friend and mentor, the business tycoon Warren Buffett. And before they became an item, I didn't know this, Barack Obama and Michelle Robinson, as she was then known, were co-workers and Michelle was Obama's mentor at the firm in which they both worked. Is she older than him? I didn't know that. I think she's a little bit older, or at least I think she was successful faster. That's for sure. <laughs> which is extraordinary. <clears throat> now, our guest in the studio has developed a platform that connects mentors and mentees. It's 
basically sounds like a dating app or the Tinder of mentorship. Uh, but let's find out more. Uh, I'm joined in the studio by Hassanane Anver, and his company is called Mentor Shape. How are you, Hassanane? Great. great. It's yeah. uh, great to be here. It's great to have you here joining us in the studio. Hassanane, you set up the company two years ago. How did you know that there was a demand for mentors here in the region? So it basically comes from a personal experience. So during the pandemic, early stages of the pandemic 2020, um, we were all in lockdown. Everybody's sitting at home, um, you know, heavily in- impacted mentally, you know, with what they have to do next and how to go ahead with, you know, whatever their aspirations are going forward. So um, for me, my personal mentors contributed heavily at that time, uh, influencing me to give me a trajectory to, you know, uh, where I should go next and what I should do. And I found that super valuable. And uh, I spoke to a lot of my friends, my peers, and they were talking about the same thing that they needed mentors to talk to. And I was like, why don't we create a platform that does this? Why isn't there a platform that does this? And we were challenged by, you know, not being able to go out. Uh, we're locked down at home. So how do we, uh, how are we able to connect those dots, you know, and uh, technology was the best way to do it. So tell us a bit, how does this platform work? Uh, fairly simple. Uh, you know, you've got examples like Tinder and any other dating app. Uh, like like any other relationship, mentoring is is pretty much the same. It works with tender love and care. You need to uh, find a mentor that matches your profile and your your personality, and then you need to uh, uh, you need to grow that relationship. Uh, you know, nourish that relationship, and then you need to uh, keep uh, maintaining it. Uh, so how the platform works is fairly straightforward. You uh, you fill in a profile. We find a mentor that matches your profile based on your personal preferences. Like if you're an introvert, we'd find you an, uh, an, a mentor that actually contributes to that area. You know, so it's very specific. Interesting. Uh, and it's done through AI. How many how many mentors have you onboarded so far? We've got we're at the beta stage, so we've already got about two hundred fifty mentors wow. onboarded. At a beta stage. Yeah, at beta stage. And what are the profiles of those mentors, more or less? Uh, so. Majority of them are from tech startups. Uh, so we've got people who are successful tech startup owners. We've got people who are talking about finance, uh, a lot of people in the fintech space. Uh, so most of them are managerial level and above. Uh, and they, they do that They do that for free or they do that? How does it work? Uh, surprisingly, everybody wants to do it for free. Mm. Everybody likes to share a good story. Yeah. You know? And if, if they're successful, they want to be heard. So everybody, everybody who aspires to be a mentor will be happy to share their story any success stories so far uh, we've actually managed to match a lot of people in the financial space so people who are looking for personal finance growth uh, we were we were able to match at least about 50 to 60 relationships over there I'm so interested at the story of how you came up with this idea because you said at the beginning you know I spoke to my mentor now how did you find that person how did you bring that person into your life because you know you couldn't use your own dating system basically could you <laughs> uh, yeah absolutely actually i went through a lot of pain to actually find my initial mentor uh so finding the right mentor is so hard right now because intention is key right whenever you work with a mentor you you need to identify what their intention is to give you that contribution um so it takes years of experience and i've been through that cycle of you know going through failed startups to you know bad experiences to find the right mentors to, to identify that their intentions are pure um, and that's how I found my mentors. And then I was like, there has to be an easier way to do this. Uh, so our platform allows people with intent to mentor to come onto the platform. So we qualify people who already are with the intention to help somebody. And how does the process actually work? Do you sort of recommend a certain structure once they've built this relationship via your platform? You know, 
you know, we just heard from the guys from Flat Six Labs. It sounds like, you know, there are agreed times when you're going to meet. There's a sort of program of development. I imagine it's a bit more casual uh, through through your system. Uh, it is. It's highly fluid. But how it works is it is structured, though. So we've got uh, four main stages. So you've got the first part, which is connect. So you find a mentor based on your profile. The second part is build. So you build on that relationship. So use our technology to build. So we've got features like chat, video call, and so on on the platform itself where you're able to connect with your mentor. Uh, the, the next part is maintain. So we give you uh, milestones that you have to follow. So mentors assign mentees milestones. And that's how they can track their growth, you know, so making it measurable, which right now nobody can really measure a mentor-mentee relationship. So we're helping solve that problem. And then finally, it's learned. So what you've learned from the mentor, how do you actually apply that in your day to day? You touched on it just uh, slightly earlier that sometimes these sort of mentor-mentee matches can fail or sometimes the mentors are on the lookout for something, you know, non-pure intentions. What what are those non-pure intentions? So... In my experience, at least, I've got mentors who've actually uh, seeked out financial value out of the relationship or seeked out opportunities. Um, So it's very important to be very clear with what your intentions are with your mentor or you being a mentee. You should not uh, take advantage of that relationship of a mentor by, uh, you know, especially in the startup space, you shouldn't use a mentor to seek fundraising. Uh, that's something which is a big no in uh, at least in my eyes, you know, so you should be very clear with what your intention is with your relationship and how you should pursue that. What can a mentor actually gain apart from, you know, the idea that you love to tell a story, but but can mentors also gain value from chatting to mentees? Is there deals where they get equity, for example, or stuff like that? <laughs> No, I mean, it's a very valid it's question. Fair, it's yeah. fair. It is. Uh, I think that there are deals that happen this way, but uh, these are things that have to be discussed before the relationship even starts. Because the moment you try to transition a mentor who's already having a relationship with you into equity, that generally doesn't go well because that their intention starts changing. You know, It starts making it look like it's uh, done for the intention of the mentor. So you want to maintain that position where the mentor is sort of uh, generic. He's not giving you advice based on his uh, benefit. That's really interesting because I suppose that in that way you could almost become try and become the CEO of the company by being the mentor in inverted commas. Absolutely. Really interesting to hear how that uh, story is developing and how that company is developing. Good on you. Is it free to join? Like, how are you uh, monetizing it? Right now, it is completely free to join. Anybody could go register and find a mentor for themselves. Uh, How we monetize is we create B two B models where we help institutions implement our mentorship system in their organization. So we help them connect with mentors. We give them the program and how to guide them through the process. Cool. That sounds really interesting. Okay, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Uh, Hasanane Anva, the founder of Mentorshape. Do you just find it as an app on on Apple? It's not an app yet. It's a web-based platform, but we're rolling out with an app soon. Fantastic. Great news. Amazing to speak to you. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Now, our startup success story is still celebrating his recent back-to-back win in the big Nightlife Awards. His company won the award for Nightlife Entertainment Group of the Year. He also won Nightlife Entrepreneur of the Year. And we are very happy to be joined in the studio by Rabi Fahradin. He is the Chief Executive Officer of Seven Management and the name behind places like Theatre, Café Beirut, Antica, Lucias and Lucias and Seven sisters there's so many there's way more than that aren't there thank you thank you for having me guys uh it's an honor to be here today it's a pleasure i want to say something right off the bat 
They say that in hospitality, you get lucky, right? So you say one out, you know, the typical thing with friends that you hear is, oh, one out of 100 restaurants work or one out of 50 restaurants. You got to get lucky. Get... But I'm looking at these names, you know, so theater, Cafe Beirut, Antica, Lucia, Seven Sister. He was telling us about February 30th. All these places are very successful at the moment. So I'm starting to wonder if that old adage of, you know, you have to get lucky is true. You simply have to be good. And in this case, it seems like these guys know what they're doing. All these places are doing very well. It does certainly feel that way. In fact, I've been given instructions to play this to you. It's an applause sound. You haven't got your headphones on, so you can't hear it. Thank you, guys. But we're very enthusiastic. (laughs) Definitely, George, uh, it's not uh, only about luck. It's uh, hard work. Uh, You have to be creative. You have to be up to the game, especially in a city like Dubai, where it's very competitive and you have uh, many international brands uh, playing. Uh, And and I'm proud because uh, all the brands that you mentioned are homegrown brands. Exactly. Uh, that either started in Beirut or started in Dubai, like uh, Theater and Lucia's. And we've, we've had an amazing year, uh, like you just uh, mentioned, uh, uh, a year full of awards and achievements. And this is only the beginning. That's what I can promise you guys. Uh, Dubai has been great to us. Uh, and uh, I can call it my second home. Uh, I, I moved from Beirut uh, following the explosion uh, two years ago. And... Uh, we kept on opening places, uh, one behind the, the other, and all of them were successful, and uh, we're doing great, and hopefully the next step is going international. Well, we're very proud of you, Rabia, especially as a VirtuZone client. We love to see our clients grow and, and, and become successful, and that's a super success story. Rabia, what's, what's your background? How, did, how do you get into something like this? How do you, have, do you work up the guts to open a restaurant after all the crazy stories you hear and how dangerous it is and yeah. how, what, what, how slim the chances of success are? How do you decide, you know what, I'm doing this, I don't care? In fact, I come from a corporate background. Uh, I graduated from the American University of Beirut in 2006. Uh, then I joined the multinational tobacco company, uh, BAT. I spent with them six years. Uh, I was handling the horeca. And I had passion for food and cooking since I was young. I remember very well how I used to help my mother in the kitchen. Uh, sometimes when they're out, I used to get stuff from the fridge and the freezer and start cooking when I was like four or five years oh, old. Wow. And then when I was at school, uh, I remember the, the, we used to bake. We have the cake sale where we used to bake uh, items and get them to school. Then at university in UB, I was very active in the, in the student body. I was handling several clubs and we were doing uh, events like uh, parties and World Cup events, uh, Ramadan tents during Ramadan. And this uh, like, uh, uh, sh- showed me my passion towards the, this industry. And uh, when I graduated from EUB, I joined the BAT. And in parallel, I was a silent partner, uh, partner in a few bars in Hamra Street specifically. Yeah. And then, for those who don't know, that's Lebanon in the in the Lebanon in the late tweens was very happening with 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 small businesses, uh, entertainment businesses. It's opening. always been one of the coolest cities yeah, in the really world, cool, hasn't it? Really yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it all started with February 30 in 2012 yeah. in Hamra Street. This was my first uh, place I opened. And uh, following that, I decided to resign from my job and make it my full-time job. And I started Seven Management. And since then, Seven Management has been uh, uh, expanding and growing. And uh, and now we have 1,000-plus employees. Uh, and wow. we, we are active across four cities. We are in uh, Beirut, uh, Dubai, uh, Riyadh, and uh, Doha. Uh, we have uh, 12 brands across the region. And now our next step will be London. 
I just came back from London, in fact, and uh, hopefully we're expanding with the theater. Uh, the theater has been one of the best uh, entertainment, live entertainment uh, shows in Dubai. It's coming back, isn't it? Live yeah. entertainment is really coming back onto the scene. So many new places are opening with live entertainment. And it seems to be the thing to go to now with dinners and live entertainment, especially for people of our generation. Well, especially yeah. after COVID. Especially yeah. after COVID. I, I like to call it the Netflix syndrome, uh, where we see people that are enjoying a one-stop shop. So uh, previously you, you used to have people going bar hopping and jumping from one place or another or starting in a restaurant and continuing into a club. Like club yeah. Now they want a one-stop shop, uh, exactly like Netflix. You sit on your couch and you just like flip Supper with your club. remote. Yeah. Previously you used to go to the movies, pick which slot, which movie yeah. you want to watch and uh, buy a ticket and go watch. Now you can sit on your couch and watch That's whatever you want. That's a very good want. analogy. Same actually. goes for our, in- uh, our industry and uh, the live entertainment especially You can where it mixes both uh, fine dining experience and uh, live entertainment and it can turn into a party uh, after the show is over. Rabia, you say you have a thousand staff. Uh, are most these most of these staff Lebanese or do you have how, how does it, how, how no, do you in recruit? Fact, I'm proud to say that now our company represents, it's an, it's an international company. It started of course in Lebanon and it's, uh, it's where uh, everything started for me. Uh, I can say 40% of my staff are Lebanese and the uh, other 60 are mixed, uh, just like Dubai. It's That's very great. cosmopolitan and it represents all the nationalities. What would you say, I mean, we, we were talking about it before, how difficult F&B industry can be. And, and you, you also added of it's, 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 it's a lot of hard work. What would you say is the most important element for success uh, if you're in the F&B industry or if you're, if you're starting a restaurant today or if you're thinking of starting a restaurant or, uh, or uh, an entertainment venue or, or, or whatever it is, what is it that you would say is essential, uh, an essential piece of it or of the recipe to succeed? And I know it's not one thing. It's not necessarily one thing. What are the different elements that you think you must have today to succeed as, yeah. as one uh, of those George, establishments? in fact, it's, it's definitely not one thing. But the first thing I do before any concept that I come up with is I put myself in the consumer shoes. So I, I put myself, if I was a consumer, uh, what, what would I like and what I, what I want to experience? And that's how I come up with my concepts. Uh, definitely, it's uh, innovation. Especially in a competitive market like Dubai, you have to be uh, uh, ahead of the game, uh, one step ahead of the game. And uh, definitely also uh, you have to have a strong team. Uh, for me, it's all about the team. Uh, that's why I like to say I, I like to call my team as dream team seven management, because uh, whether it was the operations, whether it was the marketing, whether it was the kitchen, all these uh, departments have to go hand in hand. And uh, me being on top of this organization, I have to listen to my employees also, not only to my consumers and customers. And, uh, and you have to always to have your feet on ground, uh, especially after uh, successes, after you taste the successes and the accomplishments, you have to have your feet on ground. Uh, and the sky is the limit for me. So... We keep on innovating, we keep on brainstorming, we keep on, uh, that's why I also travel a lot. Uh, I like to see new places, taste new dishes, uh, experiment new experiences. 
And so I can add value to whatever concept I come up uh, with in the near future. And that's why our pipeline is always busy and we have launches like every few months we have a new that's brand fantastic. coming you up. keep innovating. Exactly. Rabia, one thing that we hear very often, and you just said it, is Dubai is a very competitive landscape for F&B and for restaurants, for this. That's very true. But at the same time, Dubai has a very, very uh, high amount of high spenders, of, of, of nightlife goers, of, 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 of the average ticket or the average, uh, the average uh, bill in Dubai is higher than almost anywhere in the world. What are the pros and cons, in your opinion, of being in the Dubai market uh, when it comes to nightlife? It's true what you just said, but for me, Dubai has matured a lot in the past few years and and our scene specifically. If you look at Dubai where it was and where it is now, for me now, Dubai is by far uh, the leading city in the world when it comes to entertainment and uh, fine dining. That's for sure. I was in London. uh, I was in Paris. I was in Greece. Nothing like Dubai, to be honest. Uh, and not only for restaurants and nightclubs, also for hotels. I was having this discussion uh, a few days back. Uh, the service that you get and the experience that's that you pro- get in that's Dubai, a problem we that's all a have. problem yeah, for yeah. all Dubai <laughs> residents yeah. and citizens because wherever you go now, even in the States or in London, yeah. you don't find the, the standards uh, the, and the high level that Dubai is giving us uh, these days. Uh, so definitely, uh, I see this as an advantage. Uh, and definitely uh, uh, competition, I see it as uh, as something that uh, triggers me to give better, to be honest. I don't see it as a con. Uh, but definitely Dubai is uh, is now on, an, on the international scene. It's no longer a regional hub. Uh, now when you say London, you say uh, Vegas, you say uh, Monaco, you say Mykonos, you say Ibiza. Dubai is definitely, especially in winter, it is the place I agree to be. with you 100%. How have you found the roller coaster over the last few years? I mean, you said that obviously you sadly left Beirut just shortly after the explosion because, of course, that was an incredibly difficult time. But then, of course, we had the pandemic here. So how did you manage to keep your business going and, and your, ultimately your spirits high during that very tricky period? Yes, uh, good question. In fact, it was quite challenging. Uh, in fact, the pandemic started uh, before the Beirut explosion uh, in 2019. Beirut explosion took place in 2020. So definitely, especially for uh, our industry, we took a big hit at the beginning. And I remember very well how people were debating that the the whole experience and the whole scene will change uh, post the pandemic and the people will no longer go out and will no longer go to restaurants. Uh, and this was the debate. But in fact, when I read Uh, uh, and I saw that uh, people gathering around the table and having food started like uh, centuries ago and this uh, this tradition will uh, will stay there forever no matter what pandemics or wars or whatever comes uh, uh, across but for me the challenge was to keep the spirit uh, and to keep the team motivated and uh, at the end of the day also to keep our business feasible and not lose money uh, because we took a big hit, especially during the lockdown, uh, where we had to let go everyone and where we had to shut down our uh, our places. Uh, we had to be efficient. Also, we had to be creative. I remember very well how we used to come up with ideas when during the lockdown uh, to engage with our customers and uh, where we had DJs playing from their houses where we had the chefs uh, cooking, uh, giving cooking lessons from their houses, houses, uh, even the bartenders, I remember very well. This was, uh, this, this, this phase was quite challenging, but at the same time, it, uh, it made us uh, scratch our brains, like they say, and uh, 
we try to be as uh, as much as innovative as possible. So, Rabia, a business like that requires a lot of capital and a lot of cash. Where do you get your funding from? Uh, good question. To be honest, <laughs> no, that's that's what we call no, from this was, left field. This was <laughs> difficult uh, at the beginning. I remember very well. Uh, at the beginning, it was mainly family and friends, uh, especially in Beirut. I remember very well when you used to open bars like uh, Feb Thirty and Checkpoint Charlie and Walkman and Big Shot. All those small the bars. The Lebanese that, have such cool names for bars. It's have, incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Really nice memories. I remember very well. I used to like gather some friends and the uh, family that believed in me. And we used to raise the capital and uh, and open the places. Nowadays, it's much easier because we have a track history because Seven Management now is one of the leading operators uh, in the region. In fact, now we have a difficulty on picking which investors we want. And we have many Good people... Good problem to have. Exactly. <laughs> and we have many people that are... Uh, uh, sad because they don't have a place shares. or yeah. shares. So, and that's why we have a lot of projects coming in the pipeline and uh, because there's a big demand. That puts you in such a good place. Do you know, we could talk to you for ages. I'm afraid we need to, to move into our next segment, but it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the radio. Pleasure Thank you so mine. much. Uh, it's always lovely to hear about these homegrown concepts doing well and, and a, a homegrown success story of sorts. Of course, you came from Beirut, but we snaffled you to Dubai now and we're not going to let you go. Thank you for having me. And uh, just one last uh, word. I want to thank Dubai for allowing us to dream and to, for making our dreams come true. Amazing Great. to have you here. Thank Ravi you. Faradin, Chief Executive Officer of Seven Management, a fantastic guest, and our startup success story for today. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Virtuzone, business setup with no regrets. This is your chance to get your agony uncle business questions answered. I have uh, Virtuzone CEO George Hojage still in the studio. I hate that. Why agony uncle? I hate this expression. Why can't ag- I be like the good news guru or something? Yeah. yeah. Less agony. Ag- agony more uncle. joy. Well, the joy uncle. Starting a business is fantastic. Come on. The, the, the love guru. Come on, Zina. You can do better than this. Okay. No, we, I will never say agony uncle again. Incidentally, we're taking a break over the summer. So we're not going to hear from George for a few weeks. We're Sayonara. All... We're out of here. I know. I know. Summer break. Everyone has a chance. We to deserve sort of... it, Georgia. We work hard. I we think, deserve it. Well, this is the thing. I think it gives everyone a chance to percolate their ideas yeah. over the summer and then they can come back with a bang. Percolate. That's Percul- a very, very you interesting word. You'd make Neil Petch proud. Is Neil Petch got his words as well? Neil Petch and I went to a similar type of school. I can tell. That's our theory. I can tell. His knowledge of my school is encyclopedic. He knew where the tennis courts (laughs) were. I was very impressed. Uh, Right, okay. So, uh, well, we do have our um, love guru. (laughs) We're now calling our agony uncle, George O.J. Good news guru. Good news guru. Uh, Gabby has sent in a message saying, I'm looking to start a management consultancy. D-U-Q-E free zone looks like a good option because it's in Dubai. What are your thoughts? Is Duke, that the QE2? Duke, Duke Free Zone. Yeah, that's the, that's the Free Zone and the QE2. Yeah. Fantastic place. I went to see it. Uh, actually, it's, it's, it's beautiful, a beautiful space. Um, yeah, when it comes to Dubai, it's one of the up and coming really good free zones. They're very flexible, lots of activities, um, a very quick setup as well. Definitely recommend if, if, if you're looking for, uh, to do, to do a startup, I definitely recommend Duke I also, on the QE2. Very, I, very cool place. I like that it's also literally 
offshore, i.e. Yeah. on a boat. Yeah, yeah. I no, don't... no, I mean, the QE2, if you haven't been, is really fantastic cool experience. I mean, you get on it. They had the Queen's Jubilee there a few days ago, and it's just, it's yeah. just fantastic. In fact, I hosted that event, MC. Oh, did you? That event, yeah. It well, was rather fun. You. You're, yeah. you're becoming a very important person Dead in this town. Dead fancy. Yeah, it was well a very done. exciting experience. Well I, I, I said, I think it was about 52 words. So definitely, <laughs> listen, uh, Duke, good place. Get in touch with either Virtue Zone or Duke directly, but definitely I would recommend that, that free zone. Okay, super, super fast. Halima, I'm joining my husband's startup. I'm on a wife's visa. Should I move to an employee visa? If you're working, if you're doing productive work, you need to be on the company's visa. Um, that being said, it's a gray zone. You don't, you know, if you're doing some work for them from home and stuff like that, don't bother and go through that change. But yes, technically speaking, if you're doing work for the company, you should be under the sponsorship of that company. Kate says, I'm a graphic designer. I still have a visa from the company that made me redundant. Can I freelance with that visa or do I need an additional license? No, you cannot. If you're still on the original company's visa, then technically you're working for that company. Uh, You should not be doing any freelance work or you're not legally allowed to do any freelance work. Uh, What we recommend is get your visa uh, get your visa cancelled and start your own uh, your own uh, company with your own visa. Start afresh, Kate. That's the advice. Fantastic. That brings us to the end of starting up, uh, at least for this season. But we will be back come August. We're very excited about that. I think it will be season five, if will I'm it? not mistaken. I mean, listen, Yay. we're getting into that Sopranos suits category here. You know, yeah. Game of Thrones. I like season that. Five. Yeah. Not the one. Not the one. What's the what, Breaking Bad? Not Breaking Bad no, though. No. No, 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 not breaking we're, bad. We're more Sopranos. and We are Sopranos. Uh, we are suits. Definitely suits. Yeah, definitely suits. We are billions. I don't know if you've oh, seen billions. Oh, billions. Yes, love love that billions. did season five. Yeah. I've been watching Stranger Things at the moment. We're not that either. Not a fan of sci-fi. Not a no. fan of sci-fi. No Can't monsters. No, no monsters in no, the studio. No, no. George Jage, have a good summer. You have a fantastic break, young lady. You deserve it. And you're a very hard worker. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much indeed.